Cranes Cleveland Podcast. I'm Dan Paletta. Glad you could be with us. Kind of a rough road for the Cavaliers during the second half of the season since the All-Star break. They haven't won quite as much, but the good news is they made the playoffs. They're in a play-in game tomorrow night against the Brooklyn Nets. First time in a long time. Here to talk to us about that is Cranes Business Sports reporter Joe Scalzo. Joe, thanks for being with us today. Hey, thanks, Dan. Appreciate you having me on. Before we dive into what is going to happen in particular with the Cavs, the playoff play-in game, you see those in the NCAA tournament. That's a fairly recent thing, though, for the NBA, isn't it? Yeah, it's only a couple years old, and, and it's it's a little bit similar to also to MLB has wild card games that are kind of one and done. And yeah, it was just kind of a way to to get teams to stop tanking because we're seeing like so many teams that they weren't you know a playoff contender, they weren't going to make the playoffs, they just started like losing a lot of games. So it's just a way of, of getting more teams involved and, and kind of um, you know maybe rewarding teams for for staying competitive and trying to win and and uh, or you know a team like the the Cavs that you know they made the top eight they would normally have been in the playoffs but at the very least they knew I think within the last couple of weeks they were going to be playing in the playoffs so um, kind of an exciting tournament for them and and uh, yeah they're one of, of eight teams over the two two conferences that are, are going to be competing this week in the plan. So how does this work though? So if the if the Cavs beat the Nets tomorrow night, then what happens? The Cavs beat the Nets tomorrow night. They are on to the real playoffs. They will play the the Boston Celtics in the first round, which are the the number two seed. Um, if they lose the Nets, then on Friday night they would play the winner of the other play-in game, which is the, the um, Hornets and the Hawks. And whoever wins that Friday night game would then play uh, the top seed, which is who is the top seed? The Heat, I think. Okay. So yeah so you're not it's not it's not quite a one and done i mean if they still have another shot just in case it doesn't go well tomorrow night yeah that's the good thing because like you know it takes the top it takes you know the seven eight nine and ten teams that are but the the bottom two the the hornets and the um the hawks they're in a one and done the nets and Cavs, you know there's a little bit more so at the very least this team will get two quasi playoff games and if they win one of these two then they get you know that first round matchup as well and i think that that's just huge for, for their development. So everybody kind of knows what's at stake here. So the Cavaliers, I think it's fair to say, are a team that is built for the future, whereas the Nets are built to win right now with Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving. They didn't have play. We had a tough game with them a couple nights ago. What's the what's the matchup going to be like? Is more of the same? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's tough to get past those guys. Yeah, it sure is. And, and especially once you get to the playoffs, I mean, that's that's a team. You're, you need guys that can score in the half court against great defense and certainly – I would say Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving maybe are the two premier guys in the NBA. So it's it's not a great matchup to have at number seven. And and yeah, the Nets um, kind of went from being the preseason darlings. Everybody thought they would be, you know, the favorite to win the championship. And then um, they traded James Harden for Ben Simmons, who hasn't played. You know, Kyrie Irving missed a lot of the season because he didn't get vaccinated. And, and only recently, uh, New York has kind of waived that you know, that mandate that you had to be vaccinated to play home games there. So it's been a, a kind of a tumultuous season for them. They're certainly better than, than what you would think of a typical seven seed. So, you know, tough matchup for the Cavs. And I think everybody knows like, hey, at the very least, even if this doesn't go the Cavs way tomorrow night, they still have that Hawks-Hornets game potentially down on, on, on Friday night. But like you said, you know, they were up on the, the Nets the other night, in the, I think in the third quarter, and then <laughs> they turn it on and and uh it's it's something to watch i mean Kyrie irving's you know a little bit flaky but i would say he's as fun to watch as any player in the nba so outside of kevin love how many cavaliers players actually have playoff experience that's a great question dan um 
I mean, I don't, I'm not just in general. I think the point is that not really, not much. Yeah, not very many. I'm trying to think. It's Karis Vert. Did he play? Or you know, like yeah, it's it's. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I can't remember if Jetty Osmond was on those teams or not. And but, but yeah, I mean, it, that's what makes this so huge because, like you said, uh, you know, they're built for the future. They've got a lot of young guys, and they're probably a year ahead of where they thought they'd be. And so every game that you're here, you kind of get used to that that atmosphere and what's at stake and the level of play. And just getting that taste, I mean, I think uh, it's huge for this team. And it's so exciting that, that they're doing here. And I think that's why, you know, people are excited about this week and hoping that they can kind of make it through. Because I don't think anybody sees them as a contender for a championship. But, um, yeah, it, that's just the way it works in the NBA. You, you don't typically go from not making the playoffs to being a contender unless you add LeBron James, which is yeah. obviously what the Cavs did in 2015. But that's pretty rare. This is an earned league. Do you do you know off the top of your head, not to put you on the spot, when's the last time the Cavs actually made the playoffs sans LeBron James? It's, it's been years. Yeah. I don't know the question of that. I would imagine Mike Fratello was probably the coach. I think yeah. it's the 90s. Um, yeah. Because like, 98, does that sound right? That sounds that sounds like it could be right. Yeah, there's so many times this year where you'd look and, and, and the story would be like, hey, this is the first time the Cavs have done this without LeBron James since, you know, the 90s. And and so, um, yeah, it, it's amazing how how big his shadow looms over this team, and and how they've finally been able to kind of like escape it a little bit and create their own identity. And uh, you know, there's always rumors that he could come back someday or whatever. But I think people are excited to just have a have a team that that's capable of competing for the next ten years. And it kind of, I think, a lot of people kind of view it in the same way that they did those those late '80s Cavs teams with Mark Price and Brad Doherty as just having a foundation for for a, a team that can. They can compete for a long time, even if it's only two games. Let's say they lose uh, tomorrow night, and then they do, then they get beat uh, on Friday. The notion of av- actually having made the playoffs and having that kind of experience—I mean, when you watch the playoffs, I mean, NBA players try hard all year long, but man, they really crank it up come playoff time because <laughs> the money's on the line, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, and, and you, you know, you're being nice by saying they try all year long. <laughs> um, their, their commitment on defense, particularly, yeah. might waver at times, but. Uh, yeah, it's a different, uh, it's certainly a different mentality. And I think a lot of what the Cavs were able to do this year is just outplaying and out hustling teams, um, you know, on those nights when, when you know, they, they maybe weren't taking them as seriously as, as, as the Cavs were. And, um, so it'll be interesting to see like how they match up once it matters. And, and certainly a team like the Nets that, that has a lot of experience and, and came within a, a, you know, probably an inch of Kevin Durant's foot last year of beating the Bucks, and they probably would have went on to win the the championships themselves. So they were so close and yeah, so it's, it's, it'll be fun. And, and I think, you know, having Kevin love there helps, but like you said, um, there's nothing that can replace experience. Uh, so, you know, the fact that they're all so young, all their core pieces is, is, uh, you know, it's really exciting for them. So it goes without question. If the Nets were a little bit of a surprise by not playing as well, we has anticipated certainly the Cavaliers are the NBA's big surprise, but what happened over this last month or so? Is it just a question of injuries? I think that's a big part of it, um, you know, and I think you can go back to before, you know, the beginning of the season, they lose Colin Sexton, who would have probably been a dynamic sixth man for them. He, he's out with a knee injury. And then Ricky, Ricky Rubio, who was playing just great for them, yep. they lose him. And then, you know, at, at some point, like you can replace those guys. <laughs> but when you start losing everybody, I, I was just going down the list of, of guys that have missed parts of the, of the season. And, and Jared Allen, their all-star center, is, has been out with a broken finger for a couple weeks or maybe a month or two. Um, Evan Mobley missed time, you know, Dean Wade's out, you know, he's kind of a, a super sub for them and he's out with a knee injury. 
And so, yeah, I mean, at some point, like you just don't have enough to keep replacing all these guys. You can take one of those one or two hits, but you know, there's no replacing a Jared Allen. He's an all-star player. Darius Garland missed time. You know, he's back, but during those that those weeks where he wasn't there, you you lose those games that maybe would have got you that sixth seed instead of the, the, the eighth seed. And, and uh, I think it just piled up on them. And um, I've been encouraged by, you know, the fact that they, they were able to kind of like regroup a little bit and win some key games down the stretch. And, and certainly the, the Bucks weren't trying to win uh, Sunday's game. Um, but, you know, at the very least, they, they, they needed to win that. They could have fallen all the way to the 10th spot. And then you're really in a tough spot because you got to win two games uh, to get out of there. And, and the larger point about this is, is the Hawks were kind of a version of, of the Cavs last year in that they surprised people. I think, you know, they, they won a couple playoff rounds and now they're back down in, in the playoff and play in tournament. They, they took a step back. The Knicks kind of did the same thing last year. Um, and so you can't take this for granted. And, 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 and uh, so I think a lot of people want to see the Cavs succeed here, but they also want to see what happens, you know, you know next year. So, um, this has been a, a good season for them, but you know, it's, it's interesting what's going to happen from here on out. Is there any question of hitting the wall too? Do you know what I mean? Like we watch kids who play college their first year when they get to about the 20th game, you can just see they're exhausted. <laughs> and I realize the Cavs are professionals, but they are younger players. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that has anything to do with, you know, it's 82 games is a lot of games. <laughs> 82 games. It's a lot. Yeah. It's funny how if you if you're starting the NBA over right now, you'd probably go with 50. Um, yeah. that'd be plenty. <laughs> Um, I, I'm sure that's part of it. And, and, you know, certainly, you know, the injuries are part, but like at some point, like you learn how to pace yourself, you know, LeBron knows how to like, you know, which nights he needs to turn it on, which nights he doesn't. And, and I think they're, they're kind of learning that and they, they're still developing from a skill standpoint, you know, they're just not guys that can go out and dominate whenever they want. So yeah, I, I think, you know, Learning how to play that 82-game season, which is such a huge jump from, from college where you play 30 and then you have some tournament games, but it's part of the process. And, and uh, you know, especially for guys like that that are, are so young, there's a lot of them are still on rookie contracts. Um, I'm sure that's that played a, a role just um, not only playing 82 games, but playing 82 games when you're in the playoff, you know, right. playoff race. What's the health report? So is Allen going to be yeah. available? Do we know? Is that, is that has been announced or is that still up in the air? Um, you, you know, I, I was following along yesterday. He was warming up, you know, before the game and you could tell he was like kind of catching passes gingerly, you know, and he's, they're not rifling them in there. They're just kind of like lobbing them and, and he's kind of favoring, you know, that hand. So uh, my guess would be that he probably won't play maybe Friday. He could play. Um, and, and certainly if he makes it through to the, the, you know, the first round, I think they're hoping they're going to play, but I would be surprised if he plays tomorrow night, but you know, if he does, you know, that'd be a huge lift for them. And, you need everything you got, you know, against a team like Brooklyn. It's amazing. I can't remember. I don't have the statistics in front of me, but they broke down without Mobley and Allen how many games they lost compared to when they're in the lineup. I mean, it's just you can't take guys like that out. Yeah, and, and Darius Garland, too. Yeah. I, I, do you think Mobley can win Rookie of the Year? Yeah. I know there's a lot of talk about it. Yeah, and I would say until about a month ago, he was the overwhelming favorite. I think, you know, this this, this rookie class is really special. Um, I think there's yeah. probably four or five guys where you could make a case um, for them, you know, at least being, you know, in the conversation for that. And so I, I think he, in my mind, he's probably still the front runner. But, you know, if, if he doesn't win it, it's not a it's not a, an outrage or anything. There's just there's guys like Cade Cunningham's and Scotty Barnes and just that are just really, really good. Um who have come on, especially in the second half of the season. So 
Um, you know, but yeah, that would be great for him. And I, and I, you know, speaking of awards, I think Kevin Love is probably one of the two or three front runners for six man of the year as well, which <laughs> if we would have said, you know, a year ago that that was going to be the case. I mean, I don't think anyone would have believed that he was, he was miserable here. Um, he was battling a lot of injuries and he's been just a huge part of, of what they've been able to do this year. So a couple of, couple, uh, you know, award races for, for Cavs fans to follow the next few weeks. What do you think the transformation with Love was, though? I mean, obviously, as you said, he was not a happy camper here last year. Mm -hmm. Was it being rejuvenated by being around all these? It's one thing to be around young players. It's better to be around young, talented players. I think when you go to the finals four years in a row and suddenly uh, it's a cold winter in more ways than one, uh, I think it was really hard. And and, and I would say this, uh, you know, as much as we praise him, I I don't know that he handled his business as well as he should have. I think he would probably agree with that. You know, his attitude wasn't always great. His effort wasn't always great. Um, you know, when you make that kind of money, I think there's some responsibility that comes with it that maybe he, he you know, he could have done a little bit better job. Uh, and then this year, you know, he, he obviously saw what Evan Mobley was right away. You know, Ricky Rubio came in and helped change that culture. And just having another year of Darius Garland and Jared Allen, and, and suddenly he was like, hey, this is really fun. They don't need me to start. They don't need me to play 40 minutes a night. I can just come in and play 20 to 25 minutes and be really effective on the you know, on the court and off the court. And and uh, you know, so suddenly you, you went from how do you get rid of this guy? Who can we trade him for? You know, his contract is such a big albatross. And now you're like, oh, there's only more, maybe one more year of this guy. Let's appreciate him while we have him and and kind of the you know the rejuvenation that he's had this year. Whatever happens in the playoffs, what are some of the priorities, questions the Cavs will face as they head into the off season? Well, I think the biggest one is just what do they do with Colin Sexton? You know, he was, he was, um, you know, he's going to be a restricted free agent. Maybe somebody makes a huge offer. I don't see that happening, but you know, you're probably looking at maybe having him one more year and then he's an unrestricted free agent. So you, you extend him now. Do you, do you kind of bet that, you know, he'll be good, but not great. And then you can sign him again, you know? So I think that's the big, big question. And then, you know, just kind of setting yourself up there. They're a piece away. Even no matter what happens with Colin Sexton, you know, especially that that small forward spot that LeBron was so you know good at, and it's it's the premier position in the NBA. It's the hardest to find, you know, that elite player in that position. Um, and when you have them, it's it's so valuable. So I, I think you know they're obviously looking for ways to get that guy to take that next step because it's a superstar league. You know, Darius Garland and, and Evan Mobley might be that that level, but you still need probably one more guy. And and so there, it, it's going to be interesting to see how they position themselves. And, they, you know, they have some smart people in that front office. I'm sure they spent a lot of hours thinking about that. But, um, yeah, you you know, as I mentioned earlier, you don't want to be that, that team like the Hawks or the Knicks that takes a step back when it looks like you were kind of moving forward. And, and I think they're set up maybe a little bit better than those teams are in some ways. But, That's exciting. yeah, it's, it's so hard in the NBA – because especially in a market like Cleveland, where you just can't, <laughs> you can't count on the best player in the league being, you know, from 30 minutes away and wants to play there. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, typically they're the, the best players in the league. If they're available, which isn't that often, they're going to Miami or, you know, Los Angeles. So, you know, it, it, Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but the, at the very least, well, we have a great core group. Yeah. The very least a core group and they're in a much better place than we would have thought at the beginning of the year um, when they were a 22 win team that, that we thought maybe they win 30 or 35 this year. And, and instead I think they won 44 or something like that. So um, huge, huge increase and a huge improvement. 
I hope somebody, I hope somebody played the over in the uh, in Las Vegas on this team. Cause <laughs> yeah, you can make some good make money. Some money. <laughs> Joe, thanks a lot. This is going to be exciting. It's nice to have playoff basketball back here in Northeast Ohio. So we should look forward to tomorrow night's game. Yeah. And one more thing, all the people who don't have cable can watch uh, on TNT and ESPN now. So <laughs> if you didn't have Valley sports, Ohio all season, you can be like, Hey, welcome back Cavs. <laughs> yeah. So the game is tonight. We're to, this will be playing on Tuesday. So the game is at seven 30. Uh, I think so. Yeah. That's, um, that's a good question consult your local listings as they say <laughs> yeah so looking forward to it It'll be fun joe scalzo thanks for joining us today yeah thanks dan always good to talk Cavs. appreciate it and thank you for joining us for the landscape of cranes cleveland podcast i'm dan palato thanks for being with us and we'll talk again soon